This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. Reward policy is increasingly complex, impossibly technical, focused on too few people and has serious unintended consequences. That's a conclusion drawn in ongoing research by Jonathan Trevor, who says a new approach is required to liberate value across an organisation. Dr Trevor says it's apparent that organisations are really struggling with the issue of performance and relative reward, whether that's relative to peer performance or relative to one's position in the hierarchy, essentially relative to contribution. The fundamental issue, he says, is that many organisations, even those most prestigious, best resourced and sophisticated in terms of managerial capacity and technical capability, are struggling to make a meaningful link between strategy and reward in support of productive behaviours, all types of behaviours required to create value. But what are the unintended consequences he warns about? If you think about the whole basis of reward, which goes under a number of different names, new pay, strategic pay, pay people right, all of this, this various movement that's emerged over the past 20 years, it's all about aligning reward with uh, strategic priorities to encourage employee behaviours that are productive or complementary to the direction of the organisation and how it, it intends to create value. And yet, if you actually look at practical reward outcomes, i.e. what the employee outcomes are as a result of the reward systems that organisations are using, they're often very far removed from what's intended, certainly what's desired strategically. And of course, you can look at various examples within media, and reward, fantastically for researchers in the media, every single day, it's extremely topical. But that aside, actually just looking in a very applied way to what companies are doing, it's very obvious that reward for, for very many companies isn't working. And the question is, is why? And indeed, so what? And to answer your question, the so what is, is, is a very profound one. Quite aside from generating engagement, positive climate, um, generating discretionary effort on the part of employees, which is to say aligning their interests to those of their organisation, their employer, and encouraging them to actually take ownership for the fortunes of the company as they see fit as they see fit from their particular uh, position within the organisation, whatever their function or role or indeed level in the hierarchy. In fact, we see often examples, uh, widespread, of it producing pre precisely the opposite, which is, say, pervasive, abundant and uh, often very difficult to, to, to resolve conflict. But far more dangerous than that is, on a very discrete basis, employees withholding that discretionary effort um, actually being in conflict with their organisation, but in a way that's discreet and therefore invisible to their employer. Uh, so therefore it goes uh, unchallenged, unnoticed, um, and uh, uh, there is very little remedy for it. Uh, and so conflict manifests itself in the form of withholding of discretionary effort, uh, not going the extra mile, um, actually being disengaged, feeling disempowered, uh, a lack of morale, a lack of motivation, all of which are manifest of perhaps some form of breakage in the psycho psychological contract between employee and employer. And that is a profound issue, uh, because actually it's now far more difficult to remedy that than it has been in the past, where we collectively negotiated pay. Now we do it on a company-by-company -company basis, where pay agreements spanned entire employee groups, even across entire industries or geographies. Now it's almost on an individual basis. So in a sense, the conflict has moved down from a high level, a macro level, down to a very micro level. And the conflict is discrete, but it's ever-present. And the presence of conflict absolutely can destroy value 
as much as we believe paying people right can create value. Where does talent fit into this equation? Well, talent is supreme. That's the thing. The source of creativity, innovation, productivity, change in the organisation, knowledge, learning, really stems from human capital. Not simply human capital, but human capital combined with other forms of resource in the organisation, including organisational capital, the means to which we capture information in terms of routine, procedures, policies, structures, but also social capital, the means to which we transfer knowledge and learning uh, uh, throughout the organisation through relationships and networks. But human capital is hugely important, particularly for uh, organisations competing or wishing to compete in the knowledge economy, or, or indeed in, in any aspect of business and industry that is moving away from the commodified end of the innovation S-curve, which is to say moving into exploratory behaviours, exploring new uh, business models, exploring new product domains, uh, innovating, um, not simply producing product in a way that's commodified and cost-sensitive. Why has reward become so complex at a time when organisational structures, and I've heard you say this many times, are becoming flatter and less bureaucratic? Well, that's a, a really interesting question, and I think a question that deserves attention from researchers and certainly one that I'm particularly interested in. Um, And there are a number of potential theories, but certainly the nature of work has become more complex. Um, And in a sense, that's had a knock-on effect on reward and how we seek to uh, generate alignment and motivation and commitment uh, and, and indeed competence around the work that we require of our employees. Fundamentally, the environment is more complex than it has ever been uh, it is more fast-paced. It is more uh, certainly widespread. Change is more widespread within the environment than ever before. Um, and this complexity and the the speed of of changing the environments, changing customer demands, a more sophisticated demand from customer in terms of product integration, service customization, for example, globalization, demography, shifting patterns. Um, all of that requires their organisations to become uh, more sophisticated in their capability to respond, which itself is making work more complex and certainly outcomes of decision-making more uncertain. So we're effectively necessarily moving away from one model of organisation, which was the very traditional bureaucracy, planned, formal, hierarchical, driven from the centre with the rest of the organisation, except, except essentially that the troops implementing the orders from on high to something which is far more delegated, some say, far more community-based, far more around uh, this delegated leadership model to cope with the complexity within the environment. Has reward kept up with those changes? Arguably not. What we see is ever uh, increasing disparity uh, uh, between average executive pay and average employee pay. We see these unintended consequences, which are often discrete unless you are specifically looking for them. We see conflict as abundant in the the employment relationship, the workforce, as it ever was, except it now takes different forms from the 1984 miners' strike, for example. Um, And why is this? Perhaps because actually what we're trying to do is to cope in this ever-changing, ever-challenging, more challenging environment is to simply do the same better, squeeze out as much performance as possible. We're looking at reward or pay as a key lever to get that from our workforce. And actually we're using the wrong tool to actually incentivise the wrong behaviours. Fundamentally it's not about doing the same better, it's about doing something different and meeting that challenge. Is it possible, are you saying, that that because the the structures are flatter, less bureaucratic, that actually that is creating the conflict? Very possibly. Conflict itself isn't driven by reward. Reward is conflict is something which is is a fundamental feature of uh, uh, social uh, and and organisational life reality. Um, The issue is how do you actually 
uh, either use reward to enhance a sense of unitarism or unity in the organisation behind a common goal, or remove it from the equation and use other more powerful means of motivation, commitment, loyalty, generative, additive behaviours. Uh, 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 how do you remove reward from that equation and use those instead and emphasise them? A lot of the research over the last decade has actually said, you know what, top talent are not as financially interested as we think they are, as we presume that they are. Actually, what matters most is respected leadership within the organisation, a clear sense of vision and purpose and agreement to that, having the opportunities for development, the opportunities to contribute, ultimately, the opportunity to make a difference. In view of what you've said, what are the prospects for the future? To look at the future, let's look at where we've come from and... Never before has reward been so individualistic, so performance-based, so much about placing employees in competition with each other in this individualistic tournament uh, of incentivization. Um, and I wonder whether that's right. I wonder if the prospects of the future are actually, what does reward look like in this future organisation that is post-bureaucratic? Um, and I think the key challenge there is actually, it's not about individual contribution and how that sort of in aggregate helps the organisation in terms of its performance. Reward has always been about getting people to do the right thing for the organisation and for themselves. And how we've, seek to do, how we've sought to do that has changed. And I think going forward, it won't be about individualistic, competition-based reward. It will be actually about how do you support community-based working? How do you get individuals within the organisation to place a collective interest beyond their own personal self-interest in the absence of hierarchy, structure, rules? Get them to actually want to do the right thing, not for themselves, but for the community as a whole. So again, reward is just merely a proxy, I think, for social organisation. And this is a really exciting time. Jonathan Trevor, thank you very much. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.